heard across the Resonate Regional Radio Network. It's my time, it's my life. I hope you will come along. This is Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin. Good morning and welcome to Rural Queensland today on the 6th of October, our Thursday morning. A very good morning to everybody listening to us across the Resonate Broadcast Network through 4SB in Kingaroy, 4ZR in Roma, 4VL in Charleville, 4HI in Emerald, 4LM Mount Isa, 4LG Longridge, 4GC Charters Towers in the Hot Country Network. A very good morning to you. Reed Rattle with the wrap-up of the Brahman Week sale. Just unbelievable what happened with Brahmins this week. He'll join us. We're going to talk with uh, Jay McNamara from the Flindershire Council, the Mayor there, uh, Greg Donovan, the Big Bash, and Lloyd Hicks will join us, Anthony Highland as well. A very good morning to everybody listening to us, and if you've missed any of our shows, you can always go to Wooshka and grab the download. I just love talking with Jamie Starrick yesterday. What a great story. Go, if you get a chance, go and have a listen. He's got an unbelievable story, and his online uh, dog training business is up and going, and he's just a phenomenal, phenomenal idea himself and his wife Marnie doing a fantastic job. Uh, so have a listen to that. Uh, Lloyd Hicks joins us next. Obviously, uh, lots of confusion, lots of talk around um, this new identity. We'll talk to him next. This is Rural Queensland Today. You're with Ben Dobbin across the Resonate Broadcast Network. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today. We will go to Brahman Week and Reed Rattle shortly. We'll also talk um, with Greg Donovan, the Big Bash founder, and just that amazing Australian story that was run by the ABC and just what an unbelievable job he has done. But as I talked yesterday, and we had obviously differing views on this show with uh, different guests, uh, it was a a momentous day on Tuesday when the vote came in for obviously a merging um, in the beef industry. And one thing we all do know is the Cattle Australia vote now has gone ahead and it is now being voted overwhelmingly in favour of establishing a new peak body. Cattle Australia will represent it as a united voice. Lloyd Hicks was instrumental in this. He's the President of the Cattle Council of Australia and he joins us this morning. Lloyd, good morning. Thank you for being on this show. I really appreciate it. And firstly, I'm going to say congratulations. And not only because of the result, that that you were able to get a pathway forward. And that has been the big thing out of this. Um, So many different voices, so much angst, so much um, to and fro and and, uh, and not underhand, that's the wrong word, but the fact is that everybody is on the same page now and we have a chance, and that's all it is, to really create something special if everybody can just get in behind this organisation and trust it, believe it, and move forward. Yeah, good morning, Ben. Uh, thanks very much for giving me the opportunity. Yeah, it was a, it was a terrific, um, important day in the history of uh, the grass-fed industry on Tuesday when um, members voted in to change the constitution to Cattle Australia. Um, as, as, as exciting and as emotional as that um, was, this is just the start. You know, it, it's, it's now given industry an opportunity for everybody to be involved. And, yep. Um, so it's, it's an opportunity, but if industry doesn't step up, we will be back where we were before. So it's important that we engage and we get industry to come along in the next step. I, um, I'm concerned because I think this is the only way forward. 
and it, 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 I got rung yesterday and said, well, the New South Wales farmers have now gone and registered two body, two two names, looking potentially to establish their own direct competition against the new Abbasi Group, Grass Fertile Cattle Australia and Premium Cattle Australia. Now, I, I for the life of me, I, I just shake my head in disbelief. I mean, within one day of us forming this new Abbasi Group, this peak body that will represent the industry, the grass industry, we've got the New South Wales farmers now wanting to go and do this. Now, look, where there's smoke, there's fire, and I'd like to think the best in this industry. But have you had any conversations at all yet with the New South Wales Farmers Association just around that? And the fact is that that is very concerning for me when all the hard work you've done, the government, Murray Watt, has come out and said this is the only way forward. The work that David Littleproud had done prior to the election, this has been two years in the making, yet now we've got day one of this, um, one of the advocacy groups out of New South Wales trying to go their own way, it would assume. Ben, I've, I've had lots of conversations with New South Wales farmers. Yep. Uh, I haven't had any direct conversation around the new organisation that they are um, threatening to be in competition with. So I, I don't actually know anything about that. Sure. Um, but, yeah, it's very unfortunate that People um, don't realise that nobody was going to get 100% of what they wanted. There's just too many views, too many different ideas, too many different organisations within the grassroots cattle industry. So it, it, it was always about finding some middle ground, somewhere where we're comfortable to, to make a start. And this is all it is. It's a start. It's a constitution to get a new organisation up. Um, we all we all know that constitutions can be changed. There's a review in two years. If we get the right people, the right seven board members that are capable, enthusiastic in building a new organisation, we can make it into whatever we want. It's a blank canvas. That's what it is and it's a real opportunity. Can I ask you this? And this is from a beef producer uh, who has an interest in this because I want to see the best moving forward for our industry. We've always traditionally had board members that were elected from state farming organisations. That's just been the traditional way. Is it time that we scrap that and we get the right people, whether or not whether or not it's a, a grazier from Claremont or one from, from Mullally in New South Wales, one from down near Ballarat, like rather than having – peak body groups sitting on this board, are we better off being getting more engagement by actually having actual people who are on the ground every day who are living, breathing it, and I know that the peak bodies will say that, but aren't we better off moving forward that way for this seven-person board rather than it being tied up with people? Because that's been the big knock that I've had and and, and, I, and I'm completely positive and for this is that it's – there's a disengagement. So are, are, can we in some ways look at potentially having people who want to be a part of it and not just advocacy groups sitting on this board? Oh, most definitely it has to be, Ben. It has to be a democratic election of people, the seven best people from anywhere in the grass-fed industry. Yep. What were the model we have had? It worked for a long time, state farming organisations being in control or having having influence at that level, but we, we 
we've passed that now. We have to, we have to go to being 100% democratic yep. and let the members, the grass-fed members, choose who they want to represent them. It, it's just now, now it will give yeah. all grass-fed producers the opportunity to put their hand up um, for a board decision or put their hand up and vote for who they want there. I think it's, it's a great step forward. Lloyd, I agree with you. How how will that process take place? And that's going to take place at the end of the year. How obviously there will be a there'll be a call for nominations, and this is clearly why New South Wales farmers are up in arms because they are, actually can see the writing on the wall that potentially, as an advocacy group, that their power is going to diminish, and that's going to happen to everybody. But it it's actually if you really look at what is best for the industry. They all have to give up a little bit of skin in the game because we've got this now powerhouse that actually, and if you look at the model overseas, um, just use the United States, they are a voice. They are united and they don't, They, I mean, yes, it's always going to have people that are upset, but they have got it to the point where they have one voice and it is in the best interest of the whole industry. Now, Surely um, there's going to be a, a due process, and how will it go about nominations being uh, and the right people being able to nominate? So it, the process going forward now, it will be um, trying the best engagement we can with industry. Um, I, I think a lot of that's going to have to happen through the industry leaders forum. Um, that's a group of organisations for were very instrumental in setting up the Restructure Steering Committee, um, writing to them, making them very aware that this is their opportunity to find someone to represent them, and an industry has to activate itself, um, start putting up some names. CCA does not. We, we can't be seen to be involved in this process at all. We will run the process of the election, but we won't have anything to do with influencing um, anyone to go on the board. We will just be running the process of the election. Yeah, right. Um, okay, so that, that that is obviously going to happen uh, in obviously the next couple of months and hopefully yeah. um, you guys will be advertising that and obviously looking at those kind of things as well moving forward. Yes, yes, we will. The election process will open on the 4th of November. Yep, yep. Um, so we've, we've got a month to really get the message out to industry that this is their chance to get someone there to represent them. Yeah. Yeah, history tells us that you can't make change from the outside. So it doesn't matter what you thought of Cattle Council before or what you think of Lloyd Hicks. This is about getting somebody to represent the industry. So I really encourage every organisation, every single grass-fed producer to start thinking about who they think would do a good job representing our industry. Yeah, well said. Um, you need a holiday, mate. You need a break. Big <laughs> couple uh, of months. Bit of, bark it, off, it, it, bit of bark off everybody at the process, isn't it? There is. There is. Um, yeah, no, no doubt. Um, been very proud to be part of this process. Um, it ends at the AGM for me. We need a new vibrant board 
um, people with the skills of building an organisation from ground up. Yeah. So we, we, we really need a specific directors to take over the job. Well said. Appreciate your time this morning. Thanks for being with us. Thanks very much. Good on you. Thanks. Lloyd Higgs. Appreciate it. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. Well, on Monday you would have seen Australian Story in the ABC special episode that highlighted um, the founder of the Birdsville Big Red Bash and the Broken Hill Monday Monday <coughs> Bash. Greg Donovan's been on the show before. He's the event founder and organiser and he's done an amazing job. And it just shows things get tough and you have to you have to pivot. You, uh, you can either sit and mope or you can create something massive. In over 10 years, he's transformed a small charitable running event into one of the most iconic music festivals in the world. It didn't happen without some heartache and some heartbreak and some sleepless nights. And he joins us this morning. Greg, hello, mate. Um, firstly, congratulations. What a wonderful story and um, what a great journey it's been for you. Yeah, good morning, Ben. Uh, great to chat. That um, yeah, look, the Australian story. I think they did a great job of uh, you know trying to tell the backstory, and that's been quite a quite a backstory and a journey, as people who watched the episode would have seen. So uh, yeah, look, it's it's nice to have that out there. It really uh, puts in perspective what uh, what's gone on behind the scenes, and you know how we've got to uh, where we got to today. A lot of people see Big Red Bash and think it's some sort of overnight success, but uh, you know it's it's far from that. When you make a decision to, to you know, obviously, and, and that was made for you, and we talked about that year in, in the insurance industry, made redundant, had a payout, young kids, wife, how are we going to survive this? How are we going to do this? Was there ever a part of you that just thought, hang on, let's take the conservative approach and let's just roll back into something that gives me a five days a week, Monday to Friday, eight to five? Nothing wrong with it. I get it. There's nothing wrong with it. But it, it would have been the easier easier way to take it. Yeah, look, uh, you know, it's definitely, definitely that those sort of things come across your mind. You know, I've been in the corporate world my whole life and, uh, you know, suit and tie and, and all of that, job, family, mortgage, and, uh, you know, you get made redundant. And that, that's sort of common nowadays. It's pretty yeah, pretty common that companies are restructuring and, you know, you get redundant and you can't take it too personally, really. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, I, yeah, I had a choice. I could have sort of, um, you know, looked around and, and found something else in the corporate world and, Got on with things, and you know, I was on really good money, and probably would have struggled to, to get another job. But you know, um, with, uh, with the sort of money I was on, and I thought, look, it's you know, it's time of my life that I do something, something for, for myself and the family, and something uh, you know that I've really got a passion about. And having been involved in, you know, putting on the big red run before that, and doing all these ultra desert marathons, and sort of doing a little bit of you know, trying to have a crack at putting on some music out at Birdsville, I thought, well, you know. What what what? Uh, let's go. Yeah, let's go. Let, let's go down this path. This is uh, this is going to give me a lot more fulfilment, and uh, you know, it's going to be a, you know, if we can make it work, it's it's really going to you know, it's going to be the way I want to go. You, you have made it work. Um, what was it that I mean? No, no, no. What was it that made you real? I mean, if anybody had said to you, you could put on a concert on the backdrop of one of the biggest sand dunes in Australia, out out in the desert. People laugh. People would say, oh, mate, you're not going to get anybody there. You, mate, you sell out within hours. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. what was yeah. it that in your gut just felt like, hey, if I build this, they are going yeah. to come? Yeah, look, I, I think it's, um, you know, you are you are right that a lot of people said you're mad, you know, to put on something out there. It costs absolute fortune that it does, you know, to, to do something in a remote place. Where Where is all the crowd going to come from? How is all this going to work? It just didn't seem 
logical to most people, but you know, I think we put on that John Williamson concert in 2013 on top of the Big Red Dune, and just the atmosphere and, and, and having that live music out in the desert was really special. It's something, you know, I've never experienced before, and I don't think anyone had experienced before, and I knew, knew if we could, you know, capture that and, and you know, get that special feeling of, of having that great music out there in the middle of nowhere, um, you know, would be something that would become popular. Um, so that's that's sort of where it came from, and people ask, well, what market research did you do to to see how you if this is going to work or not? And you know, honestly, how do you do market research on a hairbrain <laughs> like that on a sand dune out, uh, the, out oh, the yeah, desert? Yeah, yeah. and I and I still thought, well, look, you know, the birds fall races. They get like seven thousand people, eight thousand people going to the birds for races. So you know, you put something on in Birdsville, it's an iconic place. People want to people want to travel. They want to go places. And uh, you know, if we do a really good job of putting a concert on out here, I'm sure. I'm sure we're going to attract some people, you know. The races there, they attract lots. Let's, uh, you know, let's, let's give it a crack. When you when you do get it off the ground, like, and I, I think 2015, I spoke to you after 2015 or 16 when it was just starting to get, you know, like I'm not starting to get big, but it was covering its costs by then. Um, yes, yep, yep. I, I remember yeah. you saying it was, it, you went from having to chase and not beg but to really hustle to try and get the performers to, it then was becoming like people wanted – your phone was ringing and managers were <laughs> wanting to try and get people to actually perform at these concerts. What was that kind of feeling like when you go from hunting to being the hunted? Yeah, yeah. Look, that, that was fantastic and you are right. It was uh, it's a bit of a bit of a chore to try and entice uh, artists to go out to birds for you. know, They look at a map because most people have no idea where it is. They look at a map and go, oh, my God, what's this gig? You know, who, who are these people putting it on? We're, we're sort of nobodies in the music industry. So it was a challenge getting them out there. But once we did get them out there, they, um, you know, they, they love playing out there in the desert, you know, and uh, uh, it's such a, you know, the big blue skies and great atmosphere. And, and I think... Um, the, the music industry, they all talk to each other and, um, you know, so, yeah, we, we had a great time playing at Birdsville. So, you know, it's just so so good. It was different. So, you know, word spreads and, and uh, you know, it's great then to start, uh, you know, instead of us being on the phone, uh, our phone started ringing uh, with, uh, you know, with uh, the inquiries about uh, artists coming out to play. So it's a big thing. You've got to get the best, uh, you know, you've got to get great artists and, and put a really good lineup together to, um, you know, to attract the people. So, that was a big part of the journey. There's a festival over in America called the Burning Man, and and I don't in any way compare the Burning Man Festival to what your festival is, but it it seems to be that there is there is scope for where you are and what you've got, and the and, the, and you know now what works that you can grow this more than just a concert. Is there look? Is there a belief that eventually, or are you very much like, no, nah, I'm going to stay in my lane. This works. I'm going to continue. Or is there scope to grow it? Uh, look, I think um, I think we're sort of at around about where you know the maximum numbers we can take at the moment. I think um, that, that's in terms of numbers, and you're also talking about the, the logistics of the style well. of yep. festival and the logistics and all of that. But you know, we had eleven thousand um, this year. We we normally sort of said ten thousand is around about. You know, we ended up with eleven because we rolled over a lot of tickets from. Year before, well, yeah. Pre- yeah, people who uh, couldn't make it because uh, they were locked down and all that sort of thing, COVID. So we had a few more last year, and it all went pretty well. So I'd say that sort of that sort of number we had um, uh, last year or this year actually is pretty much the limit. I mean, it puts a lot of 
Uh, it brings a lot of business to the outback. You know, all the little outback towns and communities, they all get a huge amount of people coming through and spending their money. But by the same token, there's, there's only so much, uh, you know, supply out there. You know, you have service stations running out in various towns, birds falls just chock-a-block. We're putting <laughs> strain on the power grid in birds all the water supply and the servos are running out of petrol and all of this sort of stuff. And so you start trying to stretch that even further and, uh, you know, things are not, um, you know, things are, things are not, not going to go that well. So we, we realise the limitations of the actual infrastructure and, and services that are in the uh, area and in the communities out there. And, um, you know, we, we obviously want to get a good crowd. And uh, uh, so that's that's sort of where it's at. And the other thing too, I think people, you know, also want to have a good, ex- you know, we want to make sure people have a good experience. I think you start getting, you know, if you have 15,000 people, yeah, 20,000, for instance, you know, people are not going to have a good time. They're just going to be, going to be too many people there. So it's, you know, it's a good amount of, we feel it's a really good amount of people to, Create a really great atmosphere and have a, have a great time, and uh, you know, and uh, give the give the towns and uh, all of the outback a really good a good boost uh, without um, you know without stretching the friendship and uh, you know potentially potentially uh, you know breaking the thing. It gets underway fourth to the sixth of July, and it's ten years. Lineup will be announced sixteenth of October. Obviously, that is, I suspect, being only. Um, Eleven days away, you you know the lineup. What yep. should we expect for the ten years? Well, I think you'll expect. I think you should expect. You know what we've always done in the past is to put together a really cracking lineup of uh, you know great Australian artists. We've got. Uh, you know we've had uh, in the past we've had you know, a lot of repeat artists coming through. Um, you know we don't repeat them every year, but you know every three years maybe a lot of these artists get another go and. Uh, uh, but this year we've got, uh, yeah, this year we've got some really good top uh, new artists, and people will see that when uh, when it comes out. So if the emu, got- if the emu was there at the first, you've got to have him there for the tenth, surely. <laughs> well, look, you know, I think, uh, I think <laughs> that, let's just wait. Let's just wait. That'd have it, to be um, a given. I, I would have suspected he'd have to ki- he'd have to be kicking <laughs> off. If he if he kicked look, off I'm, the first one, he's got to kick off the tenth. I'm just saying yeah, that. Yeah. I haven't spoken to you about that, but that. Well, that, I think it's, it sounds pretty logical to me. It's a given, I, isn't uh, it? <laughs> I can't. Uh, I can't. Uh, can't tell you anything. <laughs> Good on you. Hey, mate, you run a great show. And look, you've been on this show plenty of times before. And I just want to say, I think, you know, and you talk about what it does for the economy. It is a phenomenal, phenomenal to put 11,000 people outside of Birdsville, you know, and you talk about the money that they make in those communities, Birdsville and surrounding areas. It is just phenomenal. It is phenomenal. And I want to thank you for being on there. The ABC did a phenomenal job uh, with that story and uh, one that everybody should be very proud of. Appreciate your time this morning, Greg. Great to chat, mate. We'll catch up 4th to 6th of July next year, 16th of October, the announcement comes out um, on the, the lineup, and I, it would be sold out, I suspect. It would already be done. Um, it's that it, it's that iconic now, um, and it's the Big Red Bash. It's a, a monumental thing. 4th to 6th of July out in the desert outside of Birdsville. Appreciate your time, Greg. Thanks, Ben. Great to chat this morning. Good on you, mate. Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. Let's head to the Dolby Cattle Market Report for yesterday. Anthony Highland, Grant Daniel along St George joins us after 5,000 head was yarded at their weekly fattened store sale. Uh, good morning, Anthony. Thanks so much for being with us. More rain in the uh, neck of the woods that you're in the southwest of Queensland and your neck of the woods. Uh, but the market yesterday, relatively strong considering. Yeah, Ben, all, 
12 stayed true to last week's market, um, firming uh, some of the stores and and uh, feeder cattle were probably a shade dearer than the previous week. And look, a very, very good yard and a fat cattle. Um, one processor not there in full support, but still a very, very strong and sound market to be selling on. And well, more rain again, Ben, and it, uh, you know, it should stay that way. Obviously, there's a lot going on in the landscape at the moment, but the, the store job has been, you know, just so strong. But as we march towards Christmas, and you talked about not every processor there, what was the what was the story with that job? Obviously, there was a lot of a lot of people involved in in making sure that you know there is a a awful lot of. Um, demand for it overseas, but the but the market hasn't been as strong. Are we seeing a rise in that prime market? We have done, and I, I just think it's going to stay where it, where it is at the moment, Ben. I don't know if there's any more upside for the rest of the year, but I just, I think it'll stay true to true to market. And, and um, you know, we're, we're only, we're, we're not far away from the close of business for the for the fat cattle for, for the season. So, you know, I think it'll just stay, you know, where it's going and there might be a bit more money on some bullocks, I suppose. You know, if, if the processes are going to be short and this big rain out at Windor and the channels where a few cattle might have been starting to move from for the back end of the year, it just might have, you know, shut down now. So it'll be one of those plays, but I, it, I, I see it staying, staying right, finishing well, and if it keeps coming, well, it'll, it'll open up bloody fantastic too. Yeah, and that's exactly right. Um, you know, it, it, it's... It's quite unbelievable that if it, how it does roll, and you know, one of the good things about it is that you know this job it's staying consistent. It's been quite unbelievable. Let's talk seasonally. It is a concern with the rain, and I don't want to wish it away, but there is a worry that about crops and getting harvest in, and obviously with that wheat season still, it's cool. The crop is not off yet, and it's a big one. It is, um, Ben, and and certainly this catchment here, it is a big one and a and a, and a very good one, and um, as a you know, a few headers were trying to get around a bit of country last week. I think there's a bit of barley coming off at the moment, but the wheat will probably start next week. But, you know, we, we certainly want to see everyone get rewarded for the season we've had. And, and um, oh, gee, every, everyone wants to get it off too. It should have, it'll be a big setup for next year with with the with the tonnage that, that the tonnage and the quality that, that's grown, you know, in Queensland and, and everywhere else. It'll 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 be a, a big one. And but uh, you know that's what we've what, through what we've got to cop at this time of year. If it's going to turn up, it, it normally turns up at harvest time of the rain. But I, I think um, like to think everyone will try and get through as best they can. Mate, bull sales. Um, you've got a sale cancelled tomorrow. You've had a couple, and obviously there's a little bit going on at the moment. Yeah, well, I just look at Brahman Week results, and it's a massive, massive result for the for the, for the group of vendors up there in that neck of the woods. But we had our little um, our little sale down at Nindy Gully last week. The Belon uh, all breeds and and um, look, it, it was a good sale. Uh, we averaged 92 percent for for uh, a tick over eight thousand dollars, so a good honest sale. And uh, everyone that turned up did uh, did buy a bull. No one was no one was left out, and the vendors were happy. And and, and we'll look forward to taking shape next season. That um, you know it'll, it'll 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 be an annual event. Yeah, well, that's great. Um, and obviously. There is country uh, coming on the market as well. You've just listed a really big property. Yeah, we have been um, uh, for, for the Scriven family. Um, uh, property name is Burwar. It's uh, a tick under 25,000 acres, 20 k's west of St. George on the bitumen. So uh, a good scalable size, a good location, and 
and uh, somewhere to certainly run run a good number of cows in in the Boulogne Shire. So anyway, it's um it's just been released as of of yesterday, and and uh, ourselves and Ray Water are handling it and um, ready for inspections. Yeah, awesome. Really appreciate your time, mate. Thanks so much for being with us. Um, and uh, look, obviously they keep on rolling. And thanks so much for being with us this morning. Thanks, Ben. You have a good week. Good on you. This is Rural Queensland Today. We'll take a break, come back with more across the Resonate Broadcast Network. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today on this Thursday morning. Well, as usual, you know, the stable of the beef breed in Queensland and Australia is the Brahmin breed. And I can tell you what it did do over the last three days. It solidified its place in Queensland once again. Brahmin week done and dusted. And as of Yesterday afternoon, 230 of 234 bulls, Red Bulls sold, averaged 18 grand. And it was an unbelievable sale in general. Brahman Week Sale Chair Reid Rattle joins us this morning. G'day, Reid. How are you, mate? I'm well, thanks, Ben. How are you going? All right. For a breed that was on its knees, it was, it was, it was done. Like, no one wanted Brahman bulls anymore. It, uh, it was a pretty show, a big show of strength, wasn't it, from from the industry to to come out and and what an amazing sale over the course of three days. Yeah, that's right, Ben. We we were supposedly on our knees, but someone forgot to tell the buyers. Fortunately, <laughs> and, and they they turned up in force, Ben, and and you know it was just a. Yeah, we're just over the moon with how, how it's rolled out over the last three days. Mate, have you got a complete average on the three days total? And, and then we'll break it down a little, obviously. But um, I would have thought the bulls would have averaged somewhere between 16, 16 or 17,000 in total. Yeah, tick over six, uh, tick over 17, actually. Ben, 17,227, uh, 789 bulls made. That Now, I mean, records are made to be broken and... and, and, and and bull sales are obviously very strong at the moment, but I, I don't think in anybody's wildest minds did anybody expect that it was going to have that kind of average. But the, the devil's in the detail, and people listening to us today were going, well, how could we go to Brahman week? But, you know, bulk buyers got their bulls as well as people chasing stud size got their bulls as well. Um, it, it, there, was a, there was a bull for everybody and for all different circumstances. If, the, if you want to go into the stud game and, and improve your, your seed stock, well, that, there was that option and there was also the commercial option there. You could buy bulk a big truckload of bulls. Yeah, that's right, Ben. And that's the beauty of Brahman Week is that there's always a bit of value there. And, and that, that average, is, as good as it sounds, is – Somewhat distorted by all the deer bulls that sell there, and and there'll be people driving home this morning listening to this, and they'll have a smile on their face when they when they hear that the, the sale averaged over seventeen thousand because you know they'll have a truckload of bulls that they probably averaged eight grand for, and and they're as happy as with them. So you know that's that is the beauty of Bramwick is is the value and, and the, the buyers. That's what keeps the buyers coming back is because they go home happy with what they've got and. and we, we as, a, as vendors, we need to not lose sight of that too. So how how was it received? Like you, you're on the ground there and, I mean, anybody, when you say a 17,000 and, look, there was, as you say, maybe five or six bulls probably made a million dollars out of that sale. Like there was a lot of, there was a lot of 150s and, and so you could buy a bull. Um, the upstart was four grand. There was plenty of people that put bulls together, I suspect, between that five and $9,000 in bulk buying. Oh, totally, totally. And, and there, would, there would be people there that only had four grand to spend it and still 
more than a truckload of bulls. And that's that's what Brahman Week is like every year. You get the high prices and then you get the little bits of lulls in the sale where it's really, really good value. You know, that's, that's the beauty of the sale. So what was the top, um, you know, Fairy Springs had two bulls reach 200,000 twice in the Reds. And, and clearly the Reds were very, very strong um, on, on the final day. Um, and there was a, some really, really great um, buying there, though. But the Street of Family had an, an amazing sale. Oh, fantastic sale! One of those, one of those two hundred thousand dollar bulls started at a hundred grand. You know, so that that gives you a bit of an indication of of how strong the the stud fellas were on those better bulls. Yeah, and and it speaks volumes of where they're going. So. We, when, I mean, and selling agents, Elders, GDL and Nutrien, along with Elite Livestock Auctions Online, uh, did a fantastic job in getting through. I mean, you have these kind of stuff. Where to from here? I mean, the the, the, the knock has got to stop, and I mean that genuinely. We had Brett Nobbs on here only last week, and, you know, it was just talking about just how much he loves the Brahmin breed. We, we've seen now, over the course of three days, and in excess of 700 bulls um, go under the hammer, uh, average a tick over seventeen thousand dollars. I mean, enough is enough. They are the backbone, um, and there's a, there's a place for everything with all breeds. They, don't get me wrong, but the, the, no one should ever write off what the Brahmin what the Brahmin bull and the Brahmin cow has done for this industry. It has been the cornerstone of the Queensland and Territory beef industry for forever. And it, it, what it has done is it is absolutely solidify our place. And you see those kind of averages, and then you think to yourself. Well, gee whiz, we're getting a whacked on the feeder price. You know, like if you want to try and go take those cattle to feed a cattle down south, there's always a discount on there. But it 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 just does not it does not affect the the sale price at this kind of Brahmin week and, and these kind of sales. And it, and it it needs to change it from a commercial perspective. Yeah, I think so, Ben. And and the, one of the satisfying parts of it for us is that you know, despite all the the, the little bit of doom and gloom we've had over the last couple of months with the feeder price and all the rest of it you know the, the really satisfying is pe- thing is that the people didn't turn their backs on brahmins and that's that's because you know w- when you get it away from the noise a bit there's there's plenty of people there that know the cattle perform and, and they've, they're obviously you know showing their confidence in the breed this week and and you know we'll continue to with the sales we've got coming up over the next few weeks as well yeah, and that's the big thing, isn't it? There, there is a, um, a a lot going on and some amazing sales taking place. Uh, one of the great results of all time uh, for the Brahmin industry and Brahmin Week just absolutely eclipsed in excess of $18 million worth of bulls and seed stocks sold over the course of three days. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal result. Um, appreciate your time, Reid. Um, congratulations to everybody um, who was involved uh, to all the vendors and, and there was a lot of people there who purchased bulls who, you know, continually go back year after year because they know it is one of the elite sales throughout Australia. Uh, Brahman week as usual. Um, was it a big cutout last night, mate? A lot of people sort of just scratching their heads and having a bit of a drink at the end of it. I'd say it might have got a bit rowdy. <laughs> it would have been, I suspect. <laughs> hey, mate, great congratulations! Um, and, and what a great result that has been, and and rightly so. And they are pivotal to the Queensland beef herd and to the Northern Territory beef herd um, and the Brahmin breed. And I'm really pleased that they've able to have that kind of result today. Appreciate your time.
Yeah, thanks for having me, Ben. Good on you. Reed Rattle, we'll take a break, come back with more. This is Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network, Thursday morning, the 6th of October. Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Let's talk to Flinders Shire Council Mayor, Jane McNamara. Been a regular on our show, and this is a phenomenal thing that the council has done. The Flinders Shire Council has announced the purchase of the Hewitt Cattle Railway Loading Yards from rail company Horizon. Horizon should never, ever have had control, but they did for a long, long time, and it has caused all sorts of bedlam um, throughout Queensland, some of the stuff that's gone on. As they slowly get out of it, this is a great move and shores up a lot of security for the livestock industry in the Flinders Shire Council. Jane, good morning, and thank you for being with us. Um, Obviously, this would have taken some time. Obviously, due diligence would have been one thing as well, but it should never have got to this, ever. Well, I guess um, we need to thank the state government, really, for selling off all the assets um, <laughs> to Horizon um, in their wisdom, bought um, these things when they were offered to them. Yeah. So um, we've always had a very, very good working relationship with Horizon, so I need to put that on the table, and that's the reason why this has been able to occur. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, um, yes, um, last year when Queensland uh, Transport um, – Department of Main Roads and Transport decided in their wisdom to give the um, cattle train um, contract to Watco. Um, the Western line was impacted really badly because um, Hewenden Yards, Richmond, Julia Creek Yards are all owned by Horizon. And, I mean, that that's their asset. So um, they went about trying to um, get a, um, a deal with Watco, which Watco did not accept. Um, so for all of this time, um, the only um, cu- loading facility on our line has been Concurry. So, um, so we, as I said, had a very good relationship with Horizon. We also have a good relationship with Queensland Rail. So we've been working through this. I think the first time that it was looked at was probably about 10 years ago when um, the Shire wanted to purchase because what it is is that these loading facilities are attached uh, by a common fence to our Hewan and Sale Yard. Right. So we've had this situation where we've had um, the Flinders Shire owning the majority of the cattle yards up there, but then the loading facility and also the yards that led into our um, dip facility, which we've had some issues with as well, um, belonging to Horizon. So... This is a win-win situation for everybody because, um, you know, Horizon obviously don't have the cattle train, um, but now whoever gets the contract for the cattle train, the Shire will be able to go into contract with them um, and then the um, cattle people of our Shire and the region have access to the cattle train. So can I ask you this, and I mean this genuinely, it should never have got to this, but this shores up the future of the cattle industry and the rail supply. I mean, located along your line corridor, the supply chain stretching from Cloncurry all the way through to Townsville and down to Brisbane. So, you Correct. know, um, yeah. this is a this is a very very important line, and they're all finished cattle. It's not like it's store cattle. These are finished cattle going to going to the abattoir. So, I mean, Correct. This and is- we also have the uh, rail uh, the road hub which leads into Hewenden. So, you know, cattle from the north can come down and uh, be put onto the rail here. 
and it, it's it's a really great asset for us now to be able to um, have access to the cattle trains, and I, th- I think it's a great um, achievement by all concerned, from the state government, from um, Horizon and Flinders Shire. The teams have worked seamlessly together, but as you said, it has taken a long time, um, and um, it's probably taken us twelve months to put the final touches to this um, to this agreement. Yeah, it, it, it and, and the best thing about it is it's a huge investment, isn't it, for the council? I mean, obviously it's got to pay in a long ways, but you know that will be through obviously being able to load and and, and being able to uh, and pay a levy. I mean, there was a stage, I suppose, that it was always accessible prior to the government selling it off. It should never Correct. have got to. It should never have got to this. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But we can't turn back the clock, so now we have to try and make it. Um, as good as we can, and um, you know, we, the, every shire has tried to do their own thing. And um, you know, um, in the Richmond Shire, Maxwellton Yards, they've they've had money put into them so that they can load out of there. So it's it's very very important along this um, western line that the cattle people have access to the cattle train if that's what they wish. Because you know it's all very well to have them on trucks and that, but if we can get some of the trucks off the road, well, that's a great win for the for the road users as well. Yeah, I, I like um, I like that a lot, um, and I, I, I think the fact <laughs> is that you know you, you're growing forward. There's a lot of challenges in your neck of the woods, but you guys are absolutely. I mean, we we're only talking about the water situation there and the meetings because the, the yesterday there's obviously. There's obviously um, a, a lot going on in your neck of the woods around, you know, potentially the catchment and who gets the water and, and, and there's tenders going out at the moment and this this grows your town even more. Um, well, it you know. does. And and this was quite a, you know, in the, in the scheme of all of that, the purchase of these yards was around about $85,000. So really it was not a, a huge amount of money. It's a large amount of money, but it's not a huge amount of money for what it can bring to the cattle industry and the prosperity of this town and this region. Yeah, unreal, unreal. Any rain up in your neck of the woods? It's um, raining here, or trying to. Yeah. Uh, we haven't had a lot, but, um, yeah, we're expecting some rain coming through today. So all, all hail the rain, and um, we'll take some of the stuff that's going down south that they don't really want. How long do you think till it's all sorted out with the train situation? Uh, we've now got to do agreements, um, obviously, with Queensland Rail for the maintenance of the of the line, and also Watco for them to get access um, to the yards. So, um, probably the end of the year, ready for next year's um, offtake. Good on you. Um, great chatting to you, Jane McNamara, as usual, doing a phenomenal job, and this is a really, really big step forward in the right direction. Thank you so much Thank for being with us much. this morning, and uh, we'll talk to you again later. Uh, Thanks, well done. Brother. Well done to the Flindershire Council who has announced the purchase of uh, what has been a long and uh, arduous task, the purchase of the Hewitt and Cattle Railway loading yards from the rail company Horizon. Should never have got to it. Should never, ever, ever have got to that stage, but it has. And now they are sorting it out and making ensuring up the future to people around there. We'll take a break, come back with more. This is Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Across rural Queensland Today, you're with Ben Dobbin.
Well, that's it from us here this morning at Rural Queensland today on Thursday morning, the 6th of October. Have a great day, Queensland. And remember, when the wheat is ripe, keep the headers rolling in the paddock. Ray Hadley to join you next. We're back tomorrow morning from 9 and from all the team here at Rural Queensland today. It's bye for now.